Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. As far as I know, the only podcast talking about the Dad Bods Fantasy League. <laughs> With me today, I have one of my favorite tri hosts, Seth Wispelway. Seth, welcome to the pod. Always a pleasure. Um, I'm I'm grateful to be here. I've and also got nothing oh, better to do. Yeah, there it is. Uh, as mentioned on last week's pod, Seth slightly underemployed at this moment in time, but we've had negotiate negotiations through the past week, and I'm excited to announce that the Dad Bod Pod has brought Seth on as an unpaid intern to the team. So welcome to the team in an official capacity, Seth. Excited to help you fill some of this resume gap that you're currently experiencing. I'm sure this will be a helpful talking point in your upcoming interviews. I'm editing it as we speak. And if I may, I'll throw in a plug from our sponsor, the Bowhead Jazz Etsy shop, which nets me about $5 a week in bumper stickers that I sell. We specialize in bumper stickers that are sure to spark road rage. This is incredible. I had no idea. Well, check out that Etsy shop. We'll drop the link there in the show notes. <laughs> Be sure to like and subscribe. But uh, let's introduce our guest today. Nobody wants to hear Seth talk. Uh, our guest today is Brian Reichman. Brian, one of our two new league members, a longtime fan of the league first time member winner of his first matchup so undefeated all time in the league it's like platinum platinum level platinum level member welcome to the pod how's it going yeah jamie thank you for the invite to the pod you're correct i've been a huge fan of the league ever since i heard about it several years ago i unashamedly asked you to be part of the league multiple times to which you rejected me, but finally got called up to the big leagues this summer, told my wife was very excited. And her response was, I don't understand why you would want to spend all that time with a fake football team. And I said, then you don't understand me. (laughs) There it is. I feel like there's, well, Seth, you're you're more in the counseling space than I am, but I mean that feels like a an important milestone in marriage of coming to a, an enhanced understanding of one another. That's right, and and hopefully that understanding grows. I appreciate your vulnerability in sharing, and and as we'll get into, we're we're especially curious about your impressions of league culture. This is, you know, fake football teams are almost incidental. Here we are, podcasting about them. There's a group knee. It's really about the camaraderie. So I'm grateful to get to know you better today. Um, thanks to the secession of a couple members, Drew and Robert, rest in peace. No, I appreciate the invite to the league. I didn't do that much preparing ahead of the league. I You know, I was reading the book Dune this summer, not doing a whole bunch of mock drafts, although I do love the league culture and felt very unprepared heading into our draft. I didn't really know what an auction draft 
was. Uh, but, you know, I was reading Dune and I was like, if I could just get my hands on some melange or spice for people that have never read Dune, I would be able to foresee into the future and know which players to draft. But I also, in all seriousness, I didn't even know that it was an auction draft until somebody in the group me said something about the fact that it was an auction draft and I had to Google what an auction draft was, listen to a podcast about how an auction draft worked, and then, you know, just went for it and felt good. Listened to my first dad pod pod podcast last week. You guys didn't tear apart my team, so I felt okay about that. That's right. In a lot of ways, too, this pod operates uh, like Spice and that it kind of folds space and time uh, between games as we try to find something to do. <laughs> and if you haven't read the book, you know, just watch the new movie with Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. That's right. Great, great film. Right. The first one was a little bit of a miss. I don't know exactly when that came out. 1980s, maybe 70s. Yeah, this has been a while. Not as well reviewed, but I enjoyed the remake. That's right. That's right. But Brian, for not really knowing what an auction draft was, and if you did listen to the pod last week, I admitted I thought you might make mistakes coming into the draft. Just being new, auction isn't the most novice friendly format. There's a lot going on. It's easy to get caught up in it and not really know what your moments are to go go make a move wait hold on to money so what was your strategy coming in even with that limited preparation my strategy was i knew i needed to get a couple of like number one top tier receivers of the like 10 minutes of research i did before the draft that was my one big takeaway was do not take a quarterback first, which I didn't know, and to get a couple top-tier receivers, no matter the cost, and then hang back and go for solid mid-level guys after everybody else has already spent their money, and you can kind of dictate and drop the hammer. <clears throat> so that was my strategy. Yeah, and... Like, like you said, we had really good things to say about your team. I think Leonard Fournette, you got for like $25, which was one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion, I think, coming out of week one. I think he's another one of these like 40% of the league that have missed practice so far this week. But assuming he is healthy enough to play on Sunday, I think he'll still be one of the, the steals of the draft going forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I like your team. Who's your tight end again? It was George Kittle, who mm. has a groin injury, still questionable, picked up the tight end for Denver, who I don't remember the name of. Albert on, Yes, on the wire. No. And I'm unsure whether who I'm going to start this week, but I'm definitely lacking in the tight end position. So Matt McNichol, if you offer me a tight end, I may accept. I believe this is the first time in podcast history somebody has solicited Matt McNichol for trade proposals. <laughs> Seth, can you can you keep me honest here? Is that 
that I, my, that right? my quick data analysis says that's right. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, you'll be extra dangerous when Kittle gets back. I hope his groin is okay. Um, I hope his foreskin's okay. It's a, it's a dangerous area, you know, and you, you just never know. I think one thing that I have come to appreciate about league culture is that I've only I've only ever played fantasy football one other time and nobody really cared. So I appreciate the enthusiasm for being part of the Dad Bod League. I was excited to watch football all afternoon on Sunday and just to get, you know, a bazillion text updates um, <laughs> while I was simultaneously ignoring my wife, who again was like, I don't understand why you want to watch football and root for players that aren't on the Cowboys. I am a Cowboys fan, unfortunately, in case y'all didn't know that. My fun fact, my dad almost named me Dallas, but my mom vetoed it at the last minute. And so... <laughs> I am Brian instead of Dallas. Dallas would have been a cool name, but I'm glad that, you know, I am not named Dallas because the Cowboys have not been good for a very long time. But one question I had for y'all, even though I know you are the host, is how do you approach a Sunday afternoon and watching all of the games? Because I was very overwhelmed trying to keep track of everything. It's stressful. Um, it's fun when you got it. I don't have like red zone, like some people have where you see all the big plays and all that. I just like to turn on and see what I've got. It is always a bummer when the games you have on don't include your players, but in a sense, it's a bit of a relief because you will very easily find yourself for 12 hours straight giving your whole Sunday over to it uh, if you don't have another excuse. Sometimes, though, it's fun when you've got real-life happenings going on to come back if it's a good week and you just see your phone has blown up with all these touchdown alerts, which isn't something that usually does happen to me. But it's it's fun with the, the combo of the group me, and I just tell myself it's about the camaraderie. Um, between the between the uh, in the commercial breaks, uh, can I ask real quick? Is then Big D your team name? Is that not just about your fandom, but about your almost name? No, it's not about my almost name. It is strictly about my fandom of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, there. Yeah, there was some confusion. Some people have reached out. That's a very confident name. But here we are on the pod stating for the record, it is about Dallas and the Cowboys. So glad we're we're keeping it a, a family-friendly show. Although right. Seth, this cheese dick, already dropped one mention of foreskin, so I don't know <laughs> I don't know how the censors will, will look upon that. We if might have up, to if you end up getting beat by fifty and under a hundred, your rename for me might be a groin injury. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. We might we might have to put the explicit rating on this one. So if, <laughs> I, I feel like it's up to you guys. If anybody really wants to tip us over there, you can drop an F-bomb at some point during the pod. Or we can try to 
sneak it into the the family friendly category for another week. You I don't know. Did it's, you just it's borderline. Say, did you just say tip it? <laughs> Jamie, okay. Jamie, how do, you, how do you how do you spend your Sundays in regards just, to football? Uh, so I do have the mobile version of NFL Red Zone because you can get that for like thirty dollars a year, which almost feels like they're paying me money at that point in time. So I, I enjoy like watching all the big plays on, on red zone there. And then trying to watch games with friends if possible, get that communal aspect. And then I've also been involved in soccer leagues where we have games on Sundays. So between church and soccer, you know, have, have some things to break it up from time to time and not completely stress about my lineup. Yeah, being unemployed on Sundays, especially, which were rather full until now, uh, is quite the opening to just spend the morning obsessing. Um, Brian, what else kind of strikes you about being a few weeks into this league? Any regrets? Any pleasant surprises? Any hopes and dreams? I think my biggest fear heading into this fantasy football season is that I would be terrible because I don't keep track of all of the players. You know, I know the big names. Like, I'm a casual NFL fan. And to some degree, I would say a casual Dallas Cowboys fan. Like, it's always been hard for me to really get into, like, all the advanced statistics and joining the league and then seeing the group me blow up just with everybody talking about all of these players. I was like, this is not good for me. I am in way over my head. And my only hope was that I didn't lose every single game, especially I didn't want to lose to Matt. Uh, and so I won my first game and also beat Matt McNichol. So I feel good about where I'm at. I feel like I understand how an auction draft works. And, you know, maybe my next goal is to win just a handful of games, maybe make the playoffs. I don't know. I haven't delved into the waiver wire yet, but I think that's my next big step. Well, mission accomplished on not losing every game. Uh, it's funny you you mentioned this this preemptive grudge against Matt already, who Yahoo's latest projections have it finishing at one and thirteen. So we'll come back to that. I'm with you though, as loyal listeners of the pod know. When I first started, I'm a Giants fan, you know, just kind of from life, and I've followed and. When I worked for International Justice Mission, I got pulled into my first fantasy football league. And I I recognized Aaron Rodgers' name, so I drafted him first at the time. And I also drafted two kickers well before yeah, the last not round. One, but two kickers. Two <laughs> kickers. So I didn't know what I was doing, but I did win the trophy the next year because I got hooked by the connection and the camaraderie. And that was a 14-person league. I think the nice thing about a 10-person league is there's not so much barrel scraping when it comes to the wire. Like, oh no, I got to drop twenty five dollars on the fourth 
string running back for the Texans this week or my season's over, and it probably was if I have to do that. Yeah, and Brian, you haven't listened to all the pods, but we used to have a very in-depth segment called Caleb's Corner, where Caleb, who's a Spotify data scientist, would do all of this advanced analysis, and basically all of his conclusions came back that the games are totally random. Each week is just a total toss-up. The, the smallest of smallest edges can be found, but most of it, we're just wasting our time. And, you know, if you just drafted off of the default rankings and started the players projected for the most points, you've got a pretty good shot at winning week to week. So yeah. this is that, our... that's part of the fun of fantasy football is it's this very accessible thing. And Steven, who has probably spent the least amount of time in season out of anybody in the league has won two or three championships and just puts us all to shame. Yeah. Every he, year. he uses an app that tells him this is who you should draft. He starts the people with the highest um, projections. And so we all have this line of love hate relationship with him because it is true now since 2013, whatever my first fantasy year was this week alone, I know way too much and I've refreshed my apps way too much about Michael Pittman's quad injury when technically all I have to do is wake up Sunday morning and see if he's playing, but I have to know now. And I couldn't have cared less about the Indianapolis Colts and still can't technically <laughs> still don't. I miss Caleb's corner. I've got, I've got some math for you. I do too. And this won't have anything to, come close to what Caleb provided as a bona fide Spotify data analyst. But since we're talking about Matt McNichols, you know, bottom barrel scraping of the league or, or kind of league rep scallion here, uh, shooting off trade offers. Um, I still can't get my head around not starting a kicker. I get having a deep bench and good insurance policies, but in my very simple multiplication I did right before the pod. Even if your kicker starts, uh, averages five points a week, which is kind of low. I think you can hit a higher average than that. Even if your kicker averages five points a week over 14 weeks, that's 70 points. We've had seasons where 70 points was definitely the difference between rankings in the playoffs or whether someone made the playoffs. I, I could be wrong, but I think just in the past year or two, the difference between sixth and seventh place was less than 10, uh, maybe even less than five. Uh, between my memory wants to say Zach and Travis one year, but I know it was close. And so these points, they add up. I, I don't get it. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Questionable strategy for sure. I'm going to do everything I can to stoke this budding rivalry between Brian and Matt. Um, I have a great rivalry with Seth, but that's something that I've been trying to build throughout the podcast over the years is get more rivalry grudge matches. We lost a good one in, in Sean and Robert this year. Mm. So maybe Brian, Matt could 
could revive some of that renewed rivalry interest. Yeah, Jamie and I hate each other, and, and we have to stoke that flame. And so, I don't know. We could keep doing it here. Um, Brian, you mentioned, so coming back to just Sunday spent, casual Cowboys fan, uh, probably more casual this year, given kind of the goat rodeo happening over there. Um, what's your ideal like if you give yourself permission to just sit down and enjoy the games and have fun with it, viewing experience, is it a Sunday afternoon, evening, later night, Monday, does your nameless wife, uh, which is also a bit of a shibboleth here on the show, your nameless wife uh, join you? Do you have snacks you like? Not a lot of snacks in particular that... I like, although I would, I've heard of some rumored snack mix as part of the dad bod league that I would really like to hear about, maybe learn how to make for this upcoming weekend. I think that I am more of a Sunday afternoon, like maybe the four o'clock slate of games because I like to go to bed early. I tried to stay up and watch the Cowboys game this past Sunday and, you know, was watching it feeling good and then woke up and it was the fourth quarter and I was like, I just need to go to sleep because I've think been asleep since before halftime. So my ideal Sunday watching experience, if I have nothing else going on is like a four o'clock 425 Eastern time start. Gotten all my chores done. I do play in a soccer league, maybe even on the team, Jamie, that you used to play on. Um, but what Pokemon Gold? No, the gold, <laughs> the gold Diggers. The Gold Diggers. That might have been yeah. the name one year. There's a chance. You mentioned the Stagmax. This is the thing I miss. Uh, back when. 95 to 100 percent of the league lived in charlottesville a great thing to look forward to was drafting together watching some good games like at the time of this recording tonight's chargers chiefs game for example getting out just good food pizza i do love this family snack mix recipe which actually here's a fun fact originally came to my family via steven's mother-in-law and I love making just big bowls of it. Um, secret ingredient is Worcestershire sauce. Just gives it that nice smoky tang. Um, maybe I'll mail some all to y'all for uh, Christmas. Make it happen. Seth with uh, the smoky tang. Because you also <laughs> got us on the, uh, what was it, like pickle juice, Tabasco? Oh, the pickle juice shots. Yeah. That, that was like a season two, season three pre-pod tradition. Like we, we did it often, but what, what was in those? Yeah. The, the thing was to take a shot of bourbon chased by, uh, a shot of pickle juice, which was sh shaken with muddled dill, Tabasco ice. And it sounds heinous, but would you agree it, 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 it puts hair on your chest. It gets you alive. It was smoky, it was tangy, and we came out spitting those fire takes on the pod. So I miss I miss hosting. 100% recommend. I miss hosting. All right. 
I've got to absquatulate here in a few minutes um, to pick up my daughter. But again, I'm just a color commentator. Well, we'll keep going in your stead. Uh, although, do you want to try to keep this one under an hour and a half for the, the loyal listeners? You know, we gave them a marathon last week, breaking down everybody's team. Give them a, a little bit less of a marathon this week. But let's let's talk about week one results. We touched on Brian beating Matt. A rename was in play right until the very end. Didn't quite get there. Brian, did you fully catch up on the rename rule? I was curious because I knew that I was beating Matt by a lot of points, which I was a little nervous about because Joe Burrow started off the game with negative five points. Yeah. And I had to ask the group me, is this good that my quarterback has negative five or bad? I thought it was bad, but I wasn't quite sure how bad. Jamie, I appreciate you kindly telling me that yes that is bad that your quarterback Mm -hmm. has negative points and then I couldn't remember exactly what the rule was but I knew that I was beating Matt by a lot and once I realized that the Cowboys did not look very good I cared a lot more about just beating Matt and having a good fantasy football team than I did about the Cowboys season which I didn't think was going to happen yeah, didn't see that coming week one, but no. yeah, just to, to clarify, the rule is if you beat your opponent by more than 50 and they don't score at least 100, you become legally able to name their team and give them an avatar that they have to make their logo. So And then they have to keep it till they win again. Until they win. They don't get the rights back until they win. And Jamie, I notice you still have the name I gave you last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, shame based, but also great Eli Manning avatar. Yeah, so that's pretty good. We'll and, see. Maybe if I win a game sometime, I'll I'll change it. And Burrow turned it around. It wasn't as bad as like the Packers, for example, or the Cowboys. I mean, the Christian Watson drop. Aaron Rodgers was just shooting death bullets at him, mind bullets. But we did get two team renames. And Steven got to rename Zach, I believe. And then what What was the other one? Yeah, he had a good Lord of the Rings one. And then I got to rename Sean. Uh, flipped his There Will Be Blood power trip on its head. Uh, and went for an obscure reference from the end of the movie. Which it turns out he's already been dubbed in his... <laughs> In his fitness club, but I think for better reasons than the ones I gave him. Which, Brian, sounds like you might be joining the the Gravy Seals, I believe is what Sean referred to that as. Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot tomorrow. We're going to see what it's like. 6 a.m. at Charlottesville High School. It's my alma mater. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I am learning that most people in the dad pod league no longer live in charlottesville which i'm a little bummed about but i think most people originated in charlottesville or were in charlottesville for some period of time yeah i think that's right most of us were there 
originally just a years ago it was about a hundred percent i'm from charlottesville originally my folks are still there so i have plenty of good reasons to get back um and i only i moved away i had lived there for six years again as an adult i moved away just a few years ago and then i moved to denver for that sunday football watching experience just <laughs> it's a lot easier on mountain time it is it's these, great out here night games in games started like 10 a.m i have oh, yeah, to go in a sec uh but can i just say not only did i win robustly i i was also feared i feel like it's been a long time since people have feared me i i do a lot of uh well, I, I mock myself pretty readily, so I always like to play the underdog, but I wonder if I can keep this up and just like go full John Wick on the whole league all year, if I can be that guy. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Your team is scary. We face off this week. We're both projected neck and neck, so I'm hoping I don't need to come on the, the pod next week and talk about losing to Seth, because that is... My worst nightmare. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you do go John Wick on everybody. Yeah. That's something to look forward to. I feel like we're plugging movies every week. John Wick 4 coming next year for all the big fans out there. Uh, very cathartic. Uh, it's a great, great franchise. It is. Yeah. I love the mythology they're building. Uh, just slowly but surely, I rewatched them recently. And I love them. I love, I always, it's a little trippy seeing Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne face off. Like I'm trying to guess, are they going to like work in some matrix reference and everything? Lawrence Fishburne is the head of the Bowery in there and little known fact before I go, this is, this is funny early on in Lawrence Fishburne's career, not the beginning, but, and maybe I'm dating myself here as someone who was born technically when Jimmy Carter was still president. Lawrence Fishburne was on Pee Wee's Playhouse playing Cowboy Curtis, kind of this cult figure. Um, and now he's this esteemed actor, though also little known fact, he lied to get himself cast in Apocalypse Now. Uh, he said he was like of age. Uh, he's really 15 years old when you see him in Apocalypse Now. And Francis Ford Coppola put him in. So on that note, talking not about football, I can't yeah. wait to... Uh, John Wick, the league. Um, I was going to go with Friday Night Lights references for my team name, but maybe we'll go with that. Brian, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Jamie, I was also evenly matched against Sean last week, and we know how that went. So I will see you on the gridiron. Uh, good luck with the rest of the uh, references. Appreciate you. I have seen Apocalypse now, but you're talking to two kids that were born in the 90s so <laughs> no idea any of this peewee what what is it peewee's Pee playhouse Pee -wee herman like ha, ha. like yeah, just, I, you should absquatulate get out of <laughs> all right well on that note um make sure to compare at least one member of the league to cousin greg i know who i would pick cousin greg oh man <laughs> all right peace out for our audio listeners to the pod that is a succession reference cousin greg lovable affable idiot is, is he talking about matt have you seen the show brian who i have not who's, seen who's the cousin greg in the i have not seen this show 
But if we are trying to manufacture bitter rivalries, yeah, and it's a negative reference, I will agree on that principle alone that that is Matt. So we all kind of landed on the same succession hot take there. Matt is our league's cousin Greg. But we love a good hot take here. And I know we didn't get any bourbon with pickle and Tabasco shots in beforehand. But Brian, just curious if you could give me like three hot takes based off of week one for the rest of the league. This could be, you know, based purely on our fantasy football teams. This could be group me fodder. Feel free to go any direction you want here. But give us three hot takes that we can, uh, you know, talk about until we get to more football on Sunday. Sure. So in preparation for this podcast, I did listen and watch to Stephen A. Smith the past few days in preparation to make sure that I knew how to provide good content. I can't say that it prepared me very much for the podcast, but I feel like I did get good insight for my lineups for this weekend, but my three hot takes. Number one would be that Matt McNichol doesn't win a single game this season. He goes totally totally, winless, totally defeated. And it's all because he doesn't start a kicker. Second hot take would be that Seth goes almost undefeated to the championship game, which then ties into my third hot take that a newcomer wins the championship, even though the initial impression of both newcomers was that they would be bottom dwellers in this league. Do you want to narrow that down any further? Which newcomer is you're going to, because I mean, that's, that's a hot take. It is. You know, just numerically, you have a 20% chance of being right. Not bad. But like you said, there was, you know, based off of some existing performance in the league, some self-proclaimed casual fandom that, uh, you know, maybe not dealing with elite contenders in year one, but you think you think a newcomer takes it all. Yeah, you know, I'll come out and say it. I think that I'd take it all. I think that I come in, take the league by storm, win the championship, figure out how to use the waiver wire, and mm-hmm. just win the whole thing. There it is. That's that's what I was poking, prodding for. Didn't want the equivocation, just wanted just wanted the statement and and we got the audio. So perfect. Thank you for indulging me in the hot take segment. Um, yeah, a newcomer winning the league, Michael did that last year, so it's not unprecedented. Michael actually was in the league before, left when he moved to Philadelphia because the league was kind of Charlottesville based at that point, and then quickly half the league exited, had this mass exodus from Charlottesville, and Michael was like, get me back in. So got got him back in the league last year. He immediately returns with the championship, which, like we said, might not fully be recognized until he comes on the pod. So hopefully we can get that situation corrected in the near future. But always great for the league when 
when a newcomer wins and we have more things to talk about. Seth going undefeated, I don't see it. Pretty sure I beat him this week. So week two serves him up his first loss, but he does have a scary team. I hate that that's the reality, but but he's good. I think we have two final matchups that we didn't touch on yet. The first one, Eric's neat team does win his first first matchup back in the league, beats Michael 103 to 91. Got hit pretty hard at the the quarterback position. He had Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers. Both are no longer on his team right now. So we'll we'll see what he's able to do at the quarterback position moving forward, but undefeated so far. And then I lost to Travis. Uh, we were, I believe, fourth and fifth in points scored. So we were kind of like right there as far as, um, you know, points scored in the league. But he beat me by, by 17 with his zero RB team. Uh, but the, the other guys on his team kind of blew up and, and carried him to victory. So Travis takes week one and we'll see who the, who the chefs are. Yeah. But that, that zero RB team, he does make another trade this week. So his trade with Matt, he sent Justin Herbert to Matt for Cam Akers Rough week for Cam Akers. He puts up a goose egg. Travis still able to beat me. But Travis doesn't stay complacent. Makes another move. Sends Debo Samuel and Melvin Gordon to, is it Zach, I believe, for Cortland Sutton and Cordero Patterson. So Cordero, you know, looking... Pretty solid again in week one, putting up similar numbers to last year, getting that line share of the work in Atlanta. But what what do you think of this trade? You know, I don't know if I have a lot of good insight. I do know that Melvin Gordon was really good at Wisconsin, although that was several years ago. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of good chatter on the group me and during the draft that we had a couple weeks ago about Sutton. So, you know, I feel like maybe an even trade. I feel like Travis is doing what he needs to do to keep his team competitive. So all in all, maybe maybe a, a win for Travis. Yeah. It, it's a tough one. Uh, Debo, definitely the player in that list that the most money was spent on. But he does get more running back help, which he he desperately needed. His running backs put up less than seven points combined last week. Once again, I was in that boat all of last year. Just a rough place to be. So I, I agree. Kind of needed to make the move. And maybe a buy-low situation on Cortland Sutton where... You know, rough week one with Russ, but maybe he really comes on in the, in the upcoming weeks. So interesting to see how this one plays out. Interesting to see if Cam Akers is able to bounce back if he gets more work. Some interesting comments from the Rams coach about him needing to play with more urgency. 
but we'll we'll see what his workload looks like moving forward because it was it was rough in week one. Yeah, it's interesting to be a part of the group me and then get almost instantaneous news updates via the group me before you know I would read about it on ESPN if I read about it on ESPN I feel like our the group me me contributing absolutely nothing has a wealth of knowledge about the NFL and could probably do a pretty good job reporting on the NFL and the state of fantasy. So I don't know where I was going with that, except that I've been impressed by the depth of knowledge of this league with what, what the players are, you know, the specific status of certain players and their injuries. You know, I feel like our group me might have, might be able to break scoops this season. You know, we might get credited to an ESPN or to a Yahoo Sports. Maybe that's the goal. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. There, there's always a chance that we, we catch some breaking news. But at the very least, we do do a good job of aggregating that news and getting it to the group me as quickly as possible, just so everybody knows who needs to despair that their star player is injured this week already, George Kittle groin situation, or, um, yeah, just, just, uh, you know, how the vicissitudes of fate are, are twisting in this cruel game that we end up playing. Reminds me of the, the poem If by Kipling. He also wrote The Jungle Book, Ricky Ticky Tavi, some classics. Um, but yeah, if, you know, just kind of, if you can withstand both the good and the bad and just come through that all, you'll you'll be okay. So that's that's what fantasy football is. If you can keep your head when, you know, you're 1-0 in week one, all your players are looking like they're, their smash successes on the field and you've crushed the draft. And in week two, when you suffer four injuries and all of a sudden don't know who you're going to start the next week or how you won't be in a perpetual rename situation, you know, that's a true test of character. And it's, it's fun to go through that with everybody in the league. Really excited to have you as a new member in the league. Good to reconnect this way. Um, yeah, excited to have you come back on the pod. When when do you think you'll be back? If you had to guess, one more hot take. Like what what week does Brian return to the pod? You know, maybe to preview my championship matchup. Okay. With Seth, that with would be Seth. that would be the week that I come back. As as one of our favorite try hosts, if you ever want to have an episode just with Seth, that that's out there. So. Um, yeah, I feel like I've made the most episodes out of any three of the hosts, but it's, it's a team effort here. Yeah. But you, you know, you're kind of putting the team on your back, especially cause Matt probably doesn't do very much. Yeah. Matt, it? Matt is the co-host in, in the tri house situation. And ever since he got engaged, participation has not been strong, but We've been in conversation. 
have been constantly communicating about the direction of the pod and those types of things. And I, I think we'll be hearing from, from our trusty co-host soon, but yeah, it's been a year, a year and a half of, of putting the team on my back and Seth, Seth also stepping up uh, to, to come on a lot of pods. We, we talked to Seth a lot and now as our official unpaid intern, he'll, he'll be a, hopefully a, a weekly f- staple for the, the near future. I hope so. I can't wait to listen to most of the episodes maybe every week, maybe a couple episodes this season, but I'm excited that Seth is an unpaid intern. Yeah. I think if we wrap this one up, we can keep it under an hour, which the loyal listeners love when we can keep it under an hour. Cause I'm, I think Steven has to run for the duration of the pod. So if we go too long, we, we get him up to, to marathon status, but uh, do you have okay. any, any closing words that you would like to, to get out there before we wrap this up? I don't know if I have closing words. I do have one last question. Yeah. My, hit my, us. I was very excited this morning and told my wife that I was going to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And she said, how many people listen to the podcast? And I said, I don't know, maybe a dozen. So I wanted to hear it from you. How many people do listen to this podcast? Yeah, according to the stats from Anchor, we have like 12 is our average audience size. So you you pretty much nailed it there. And our episode with the most amount of plays, we've gotten up to 180 plays on a podcast episode. So Wow. I don't know, you know, was there some type of bot traffic that found that episode or or who was part of these plays? But yeah, I, I think 12 is around like our estimated audience size. And, you know, when we were actually putting out consistent content, um, last season we only had five episodes. So kind of lost lost some of our momentum there. Uh, but yeah, we were getting like 40, 40 to 60 plays an episode. And I, I don't know where those were coming from. So I have nothing to offer you beyond that. But I, I, I think 12 is a fair guess. That's definitely enough to justify that I spent the time to do it to my wife. So yeah. that's, all, that's all that I care about. Yeah, no, no, definitely. This is This is for the people. And... It's an act of service. So we we appreciate you. We appreciate all the prep that you put into podcast prep and also drafting a, a competitive team that is currently number two on the leaderboard in the standings. So we wish you continued success, especially when you ma- match up with Matt again later this season. And best of luck in your, your march to the championship. Thank you. We'll see. I'll see you for the championship preview between me and Seth. (laughs) Love to hear it. Um, I, I think you said you've never made it to the end of a podcast. You know, our, our traditional, you know, you told me, you told me this in the green room before the show. Yeah. When we're going over the, the show notes and 
Uh-huh. And you and I should have written it down and Yeah, because it's not it's not intuitive. It's something not about something a well, that you just something about a well is really there all that I remember. And that's and anything that's else all I got. Like knowing Nope. <laughs> well is the ending word, if that helps. So that that's at the very end of the sentence. Go go fall down a well. Is that it? Something along those lines? Close enough. Go fall in a well. Go fall in a well. There we go.